0: Well, let's welcome back Coach Taylor. Coach and their team updates for us.
1: Um, you know what, James? Just coming off of week one. Um, it just it's, it's good to it's good to um, learn um, from that situation. Meaning, you know, game one we got to win, but there were so many so many things that you know we got to get cleaned up. But it's it's good in the midst of a win um, to, to 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 get those things fixed. and just you know, for the most part, got out pretty pretty fair um, as far as health wise. Um, nobody banged up, thank goodness, week one can always be a little scary because you don't know what you're going to get. You got to excuse me, my voice is a little bit, uh, my voice is a little gone because of of all the yelling on Saturday. So the listeners got to, I apologize, but I'm going to try and work through this one. But overall excited, you know, we had some coaches in some new roles, new offensive coordinator. Um, So just watching the mechanics of that, you know, trying to clean some things up there, defensive coordinators in new roles, you know, just watching the mechanics of how they're getting the plays in. So those are all the kind of things I got my eyes on. On, a, on Labor Day, on a Monday, as we're in here working, we're, we're laboring on Labor Day. You know, trying to get ready for a really, really <laughs> experienced, um, tough Minnesota Morris team next Saturday. So, well, let's talk a little
0: bit about the game. So, first of all, your, your thoughts on the overall performance of the team?
1: You know what? Um, I always talk with our guys. It always comes down to about five to seven, five to eight plays in the game, and you know, we came out on a, we came out on a, on the positive side of those things on those on those situations. Um, on the weighty downs, you know, third down, you know, we were really good defensively. Um, we held them to 23%. They were 3 of 13. And then offensively, you know, something w- which we have to keep rolling, we were 7 of 17, third down 41%. So not bad. Um, time of possession, you know, we won that. 40, 40, we had the ball for 40 minutes. They had it for 20. So if we can continue to do those things, I know it's only game one, so I don't want to get too excited um, that, you know, Crown week is over. You know, we talk about going 1-0 and each week, and we got to really experience. Crown was a little – Crown was, um, had a lot of young guys in the 2D. I think they had 20, 23 kids in the 2D. They're going to be really good next year. Now we're facing a different challenge, man. Minnesota Morris is, is older. they got a lot of experience. So it's going to be a great challenge for us this um, so week. The overall performance, I thought the defense played really well and sound, but minus four or five plays defensively. Um, and offensively, besides one throw one interception, ran the ball well. Um, we had some guys running around the backs a little bit, which we've got to get cleaned up ASAP, or it's going to be a long Saturday night. Um, and you know, I thought Alejandro made some good decisions, uh, and obviously Charlie Wilson is is who he is. So uh,
0: let's first of all talk about how uh, balanced you guys looked in this game. I mean, you, you look at like 14 points in each of the first three quarters, and you think, wow, you know, you guys were really putting good drives in. But it just looked like if you guys wanted to go to the air, you were able to make completions, you were able to make great plays with r- the running game. It just looked like offensively that things were really working for you guys. Did you feel that on the sidelines?
1: At times I did. You know, at times I did, especially early when, you know, we had some drives that that went really well. We got a freshman running back, um, and I don't know how long people have been listening to this show, but we had a kid a long time ago by the name of Austin Duncan who was a really good running back here, and I got a text from him late Saturday night like, hey, coach, I watched the game. It sounds like you guys got another good back. So to to have a guy like that, um, to really be able to control the game, you know, sees the holes really well, um, is really, really. At, at, here's the deal. As a freshman, things that scare me are pass protection with running backs. And the kid picks up um, pass protection really, really well. Him and Malik Wynn did a really good job of combining on um, keeping that thing on the ground. And then Alejandro made some good decisions, um, you know, in the air. You know, so, so yeah, it was we're pretty, pretty, pretty evenly um, dispersed with the offense. But again, we got to continue to find ways to win games. So, and who can, who, who we need to get the ball to? Well,
0: while wow, there were a lot of key plays, I think in that game. Uh, th- that touchdown right at the end of the half, I thought, was was uh, just a, a hope breaker for for a Crown. I mean, talk to us a little bit about the decision making on that and how that whole play was decided upon.
1: I wish people could see my face right now because I'm smiling uh, because sometimes in life and sometimes in a football game things don't go the way uh, you you want it to go. Um, it's traditionally, and I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be frank with everybody on the show traditionally um the right play the right thing to do is you know when you you know your defense is on the field and you're getting stops you should take some timeouts and get the ball back to the offense well traditionally in the past man you know that's always come somehow come back to bite us you know meaning we stop it and then the next play they, they do something where they go down the field and make a play you know we could have just ran the clock out so young offensive coordinator says coach i got one man, i got it man call a timeout for us i trusted him call the timeout and I actually managed to clock a little bad at the end of the, at the end of the third at the end of the second quarter. Um, you know, typically downed it on third down, which can't happen. Um, and then on the fourth down, we you know Alec Ralph gets back there his opportunity and he 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 throws a he throws a he threads the ball in there that Eric fitting went man and so happy for for Alec to to score to throw a touchdown because he's coming off of a a car a car accident last year he didn't play at all and then Eric fitting went young receiver emerging sophomore for him to catch and have a run like that we haven't had that in a long long time so. You know, a little bit of luck, a little bit of, luck, uh, a little bit of um, you know, just a little bit of being in the right spot at the right time, and I'm glad it worked out for the two young men. So,
0: Defense performed very well for you. Uh, creates four turnovers, I believe, in the contest, but none bigger than Zach Griebel. You, you, you and I were texting back and forth a little bit about it. I know that was a big moment. You were enjoying a great deal for him.
1: I'll tell you what, man, I, and everybody has a story. I can remember sitting in his high school at White Bear in the little closet, deposit room in the back recruiting him and telling him why to come to Hamlin and seeing him play a little bit as a freshman um obviously the COVID year nothing happened and then his junior year 2021 kid played 600 some 600 snaps then last year he came back and played another 600 plus snaps and you know it's funny I was joking around with him last week I said man you haven't i work worked with the DB so I'm pretty close with him and I said man you haven't had an interception in your whole career you know so let alone get a uh, interception, but to score a touchdown on defense, which we haven't done here since 2018, I mean that was awesome. It was, I was happy for him. He puts in so much work. He's a 4.0 physics student. Like, gets our defense set up, and just re- really matters to him. And so he's a very mindful young man on how he talks to people and and what he's trying to get across. So for for that play to happen for that young man, I was I was I was very 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 happy. Areas in the contest you come
0: away from saying to yourself here's some things i really would like to see us be a little tighter in the way that we're playing
1: absolutely there's a there's a there's a there's a whole host of things I mean, our offensive line play i will continue to keep talking about it we got to get better you know i just had a meeting with the with the old coaches this morning and you know just trying to help them out figure out some ways to, to make you sim- simplify it you know i don't have an issue with i don't, I don't have an issue if, if a team is if a team is bigger uh, more physical and they can just move us that's not the issue because that's 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 a that's a that's that's a that's a talent from the, the, the good Lord upstairs. What I have an issue with is when we don't know which way to go or we're not going the right way. We can fix that. We we call them in our program mental errors and we track those, man. So the the, the more the less mental errors we can have, and and I acknowledge we're gonna have a few, but the less we can have, and that gives us a chance. And that gives us a chance to win games. So I want to clean the the line play. Now we had some missed tackles, which are gonna happen at times, we didn't have any too too many busts in the back end and the coverage with secondary. Um, so I would really say our, our offensive line play um, really has got to get cleaned up. And, and then we didn't get a sack. You know, I was really upset about that. You know, I watched our defensive line run around all training camp, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I was expecting two to three sacks, and that didn't happen. So we got we got some work to do up front. So. Well,
0: let's talk about this week's game. Travel down to Minnesota Morris, uh, 6 o'clock game. I know you like those early contests. So do you see <laughs> that as a little bit of a challenge for the team? <laughs>
1: Well, I'll tell you what, man. You know, we we played at 10 o'clock this morning. I mean, 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. And if every college game can play at 10 a.m., I, I would, I would, I would love it. And that was awesome. It, it allowed us to get a prep to jump on um, Morris. It allowed some guys to get around their families and see their kids. So it was super cool. But yes, we got a 6 p.m. start. Um, you know, we got to take the, we got to take a trip out, out to Morris. And I tell you what, man, we've been playing them the last three years. and I feel like I've played against this quarterback Marcus Reed. <laughs> I shouldn't say I feel like we have played against him three times, man. So this will be the third time, and you know he's a field general for those guys. Man, he can run it. Um, he's th- he's, he's um, throwing the ball better from watching the tape. And every year I've been here, Minnesota Morris has always had a big, long receiver. Man, they got a kid out there, Ethan Tang, number eight. Oh, we're gonna have to- we're gonna have our hands full with him. Man. he's a big uh, possession guy. Um, you know they look for him on those third downs. Um, and then they got a, they got uh, Rob and all of our listeners, they got two running backs over there, man, number five and 26. Man, we've seen those guys for the last two years, and five can hit a home run, and 26 will run you over. So we'll have our hands full, um, you know, defensively. Offensively, you know, they changed their defense a little bit. They're running a four-two-five defense, so they took the linebacker off the field and put another safety on, so that's going to create some problems for us um, as far as, you know, just having – they're going to have more athletes on the field. Um, but the guy that, you know, you really got to watch is, I believe, is number 44, either 44 or 42. Uh, he's a tackling machine, you know, sideline to sideline, gets him lined up. He's not a young guy. Um, but actually, he is a young guy. He's number 45, um, so he's a sophomore, so we're going to we're gonna have to make sure we limit him from, you know, from running around and, and disrupting the things in our backfield. So very good, very well-coached team, um, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough environment. I played up there at nighttime before when I was a defensive coordinator. We went up there in 2014 and played at night, and, tough man they're gonna have the they're gonna have a lot of um, moths and 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 mosquitoes out there and we gotta we gotta get ready for that man they're a tough 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 group this year so So you're talking about that
0: very solid running game that they have there I think they had 220 yards rushing last week or something pretty ridiculous like that but how do you feel that your defensive front is able to match up against that offensive line for them
1: yeah, it'll be it'll be a great great challenge. Um, you know they're big, um, and the thing about not just being big, man, but they're they're old. You know, I'm looking at their, their their right tackle, six foot, senior, 300 pounds, right guard, five ten, senior, 270. You know, um, they're going to be working in a center, which is good for us. And their right their left tackle, six foot, 270. All old guys, man. So you know we're going to have to move a little bit, I think, up front, and we just can't stay in one spot because we're not the biggest up front. Um, But we're going to have to be really active as far as playing in their backfield. And that's a challenge for our defensive coordinator um, to to, to get our our guys going.
0: You were talking about them making a shift in their defense. You get a huge performance out of Gilbert this last week in the running game. So do you – I would think that that would give you more opportunities to try to run the ball a little bit better. Do you see that as kind of a focus for the offense potentially this week?
1: Yeah. Always, always going to be a focus. I, mean, I think people that listen to this show know how I feel about you know running the ball, and I know my team gets they, they they look at me like I'm crazy whenever I say hey when you throw the ball, four things can happen, three of them are bad. Like they know they know exactly what Coach Taylor means. So yeah, we always want um find a way to run the football, and you know that's just the style that's just the style you know that I've that I've been rooted out of, and you know we got to be able to run the ball man and control the game, and you know time of possession is something that's super important, man. We were able to have about 40 minutes of it last game. We can do that and keep the ball away from their dangerous offense and that big receiver and that quarterback that's there for the third year and those two deadly weapons in the backfield. Like, that's, our, that's, that's how we want to win this game. we got to control the football. So. Before we jump into fan questions,
0: two other things I want to ask you about. So, first of all, players that stood out for you in this last week's game that you want to recognize?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, you know, with a couple things, we've got some so – we – in order to get to a game day, people just show up and they don't understand what really happens throughout the week. We have something called Scout Team Players of the Week, guys that gave us a look, guys that guys that don't play in the game for the most part. You know, Jorge Irizarry, he's a kid out of um, um, Harding, Humboldt, um, that played receiver, gave us a great look. He was Scout Team Offensive Player of the Week. I mean, Cody Kramer was a Scout Team Defensive Player of the Week, so kid out of Champlain Park who just caused a lot of um, havoc for the for our offensive line. Um, our Player of the game offensively was Trey Guerrero, a little freshman running back. And when a running back wins, it it goes to the offensive line, too. So very pleased with how he conducted himself in his first collegiate game. Um, and then defensively, it was hard, and it was a lot of guys that did a lot of things, a lot of guys that got first interceptions, but we went with Zach Grebel as defensive player of the game. So, yeah, we want to honor those guys, and we're excited, but we need to, we need to flush it and, and move on to the next one. So.
0: Now, I think last week I was negligent, and I you about team captains. So tell us a little bit about the guys that are helping you run the show this season.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, man. Well, we've something that we were very mindful of in off season. We had to do something different coming out of coming off of last year. We put together, you know, twelve guys, um, twelve guys on our team that we identified as leaders, and then that twelve guys. We met with them every Tuesday morning, at, every Tuesday at man, uh, six o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock, and just talked about a bunch of different things about what we want this 2023 season to look like. From that group, you know the guys that were voted captains were Evan Miller on defense, number nine, um, defensive lineman, um, fifth year. Zach Griebel, fifth year, number two, uh, safety. Forrest, offensively, 64. Jake Cunningham, uh, fourth year, offensive lineman, and then Charlie Wilson, fourth year, receiver. So those are our captains, and you know, like I said, they we've been in a there's a there's about eight more guys that are in a leadership positions too, but those are guys that are captains, of course.
0: Well, fantastic. Let's jump into fan questions this week. Uh, the first question comes from Tina. She says, "I see a lot of a lot more teams are using their quarterback to also punt. Would you see mm. a scenario where Alejandro becomes the regular punter for you for most of the year?"
1: <laughs> Funny you say that. Whoever, that's a great observation. Our 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 starting punter is our third back is our third quarterback. <laughs> so, and Alejandro is the backup. So yeah, it just and that really that that wasn't by design. It was just the kid that we had last year um, who was really good uh, decided that you know, Minnesota wasn't for him. He wanted to go back to Colorado. So um, all good. I mean, but, you know, those guys are talented. Usually your quarterback's when you're better. At this level, your quarterback's when you're better. athletes. So I grabbed Nick and Alejandro during training camp, and they were, they were hitting it pretty good. So Nick got a chance to get a couple punts in. Um, as a freshman, he punted twice. Uh, now didn't wasn't great, but, again, he'll get better. So,
0: Joe would like to know, he says, I saw at one point that Alejandro came out of the game. He used Alec Ralph as the quarterback. Is that due to injury, or are you just giving the other guy a little time?
1: Yeah, it was it was more so, you know, we had a we had a we had a quarterback, um, uh, you know, we had a I wouldn't say quarterback controversy, but you know, we had the everybody's position was open. So Alec Ralph represented himself really well training camp. So you know, wanted to, not to say reward him, but you know, he earned he earned the right to get on the field you know, after um, those two series, and that's what we talked about as a staff, and we wanted to honor that and came in there and, and represent himself well. So we feel like we got two. Which is really good, but Alejandro Moverford, he, he's the guy, and um, we'll go for him. We got to find a way to, to play to play number eight a little bit because he is an athlete, man. He kid caught a couple balls for 60 yards, and, and, and I don't know if anybody remember, but he was run, he was a running back um, a couple of years ago. So he's a talented kid, man, and he wants to, you know, he just wants to, you know, do things that is going to help us win games, man. So that's the selflessness of, of of him. So
0: Isaac says, I like the use of the no huddle, coach. How does an old defensive coach like that style of offense, though?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a couple times where uh, myself and, the, and the, the old defensive coach and the young offensive coordinator didn't see eye to eye all the time. So moving forward, you know, there's some times where we do need to huddle up, and there's a time and place for no huddle. But for the most part, thought Coach Shelby did a great job, and you know, I'm, I'm excited to work with him, man, because he's got a he's a bright young mind. Um, he's got some great ideas. You know, we just got to continue to keep hiding slash moving number five Charlie Wilson around and getting mm-hmm. him the ball and getting other playmakers the ball too. So, yes, yeah, there's a time and a place, you know, we'll be probably, again, talking about time and possession, man. Huddling is, is, is always something that we're thinking about doing too. So.
0: Next up is Zach who says, Coach, I want to say up front that I'm just kidding here, but we began the last three seasons with Crown College and we ended with St. Scholastic in the last two years. Should we just pencil them in for that final game of the year?
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know. We'll see how the Pipers do with week two, and we'll go from there. But again, obviously, everybody knows the way that the the mic is set up now is that last week is dictated on, you know, the schedule of, you know, our schedule and the schedule on the other side. So who knows? That's so far from, we're so far removed from that. Man, I'm focusing, singly, focusing on this, this Morris game because these guys are good.
0: Thomas would like to know, he says, I know that you always say each year that you just take the schedule the way it is, but do you like that break where it is you have the non-conference and then your bye week and then head into the MIAC schedule?
1: Yeah, I don't mind, you know, again, like I said, where they put the bye, they put it. Um, I've seen buys in week zero where, you know, know there's some teams that didn't play yesterday or whatever, two days ago, and I've seen buys in week 10, you know, so, I'm not complaining. Um, wherever the buy is, is where the buy is. And, but I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset about where I sit this year. So.
0: Next up, we have Jack, who says, NFL season getting underway. Any predictions that you have for us that you'd like to share?
1: Um, not no predictions. Just well, most importantly, hopefully everybody stays healthy. You know, you don't want to see something that happened to that kid from the Bills ever again happen. That Demar Hamlin thing. To see him out playing is kind of, it's kind of scary to me. But you know, just making sure everybody gets out of this thing healthy, and that will be tough. I mean, obviously, I think you got you know Kansas City because um, they got a quarterback. It'll be interesting to see what the Jets do with the quarterback. When you got a quarterback, you got a chance, man. So, um, but I'm, I'm I'm interested to see Kansas City and then the Jets. Um, obviously, I won't be able to watch it, but you know, just kind of following um, you know on on a Sunday. Hopefully, Jalen Hurts can play well in year three, I believe. And um, you know, Josh Allen up in Buffalo play well. The Chargers guy will play well. Like the teams, the quarterbacks are the ones you want to you want to follow. so.
0: Ian says, Coach, I'm curious about your thoughts about this. The Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, made a move to acquire another quarterback without consulting his head coach. Do you think hmm. that sends a message when the owner acquires a quarterback to the, your current quarterback that maybe he's not your guy any longer?
1: Ooh, yeah, well, I, I want to be careful with uh, commenting on that because I'm not in the building. and I think Jerry Jones does things just his own way. so. Yeah, you know, I guess they, they, they have a system down there, and, you know, when you got a chance to get a Trey Lance and, you know, maybe they feel like Dak is – and I'm just speculating. I have no clue, but I'm, from the outside look at it, maybe they're thinking Dak is – you know, um, it's good to have another guy, just like we have two, you know. So it's good to have a, a second one that can play. So maybe that's what they're thinking about. I think Dak has had some injuries, so, well.
0: And let's turn to Raymond who says, Coach, I know that was a huge victory on Saturday but we should talk about the big thing what is the celebratory dinner for coach taylor after a big win
1: <laughs> celebratory dinner it all just depends on depends on the vibe um, you know a good steak is always a good steak is always um is always fun after a win um, you know if you can find a good spot there's so many good spots you can get chicken wings man a nook or or halftime wreck so any, any 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 one of those three man a steak steak or wings are always kind of kind of cool on a saturday when you're watching when you when you more importantly when you win and then if you can get a chance to watch some, some college football you know get a chance to watch Colorado win how cool is that for, for coach Deion Sanders man that was that was awesome man to see that I mean so anyway yeah so a uh, steak or, or some wings more this week of a
0: celebratory lunch because the game was kind of a little early yeah, there, so. exactly uh, <laughs> <laughs> and what are our words of wisdom for the week this week coach
1: you know what man just just taking just taking a, a tidbit from from our defensive coaches um, and even, and I I know Coach Tomlin talks about a lot, you know, the standard being a standard, you know, just making sure, okay, great, it was week one, that's fine, everybody's on a high, but we got to get these dudes off cloud nine and and make sure we get singly focused in on how to try to find a way to go up here and and beat um, a a good Minnesota Morris team. So with that being said, the standard's a standard, man. We need to, our run to the ball needs to be at a high level. Our pass protection needs to be at a high level a run block needs to be at a high level like there is one standard at hand one that we got to we got to live up to so that was the message for the guys this morning even though we didn't see him I sent it out to him in, in a text and just say listen get your minds right for for a great week so the standard is the standard
0: fantastic coach Taylor, thanks for joining us this week
1: all right thanks for listening
0: well I'm honored to welcome back star quarterback Alejandro Villanueva Alejandro thanks for joining me here again
2: yeah, no problem. Appreciate you having me.
0: Well, so let's start talk, uh, talking, first of all, big victory for you guys this last Saturday. Your thoughts on the win?
2: Uh, I thought we played really well as a team. I think this is the first time in a long time where, where both sides of the ball just absolutely connect together on every aspect. I mean, the defense had five turnovers, three interceptions, I believe it was, two forced fumbles, which tremendously helped us on our side.
0: Were you surprised at how effective your offense was? And I don't mean that in like you're shocked at how good you guys were but it just seemed everything about what you guys were looking to accomplish came together.
2: I mean not really. Um, I felt like we knew that we were going to go out there and do what we did. I mean we didn't we really were just running just the same thing. Just stick to our game plan. There wasn't really anything special that we needed to do. I felt like I, we all went in there prepared. We knew what we saw was coming from last year. We were prepared all throughout the week for what we saw. I
0: thought one of the biggest moments of that contest, and I, I know you had a little bit of a lead at that point, but that play at the end of the first half really seemed to just tear the heart out of Crown. Uh, talk to us a little yeah. bit about how that play came together and, and how, how you saw that coming.
2: Yeah, well, it was actually funny because uh, the clock was winding down and we actually didn't have a play call. And I started to call my own play just to get something out. And then we just start – my coach, our OC, Coach Shelby, starts yelling us the play. Just <laughs> He even goes out and says he doesn't care if they know the play, which obviously didn't even matter. But he yells the play call out loud. And I just gave a look to my guy, Charlie Wilson. He knew what time it was, and then we just connected on that post.
0: It looked like at that point that Crown was really deflated heading into the locker room like that. Did you feel like that completely took away any kind of hope that they had of getting back into the game?
2: I mean, they've always traditionally been a second-half team. I think both times we played them, they came out in the second half super strong against us. But I just think that play kind of, like, it just brought all the momentum towards our sideline. Even going into the locker room at halftime, you could just feel the energy right after that.
0: How do you build on that performance heading into Morris this week?
2: I mean, there's a lot of things that we still need to improve. I believe I had at 60% completion rating, which I need to get that up, obviously. Um, took a few hits. And we're going to work through that this week. And I don't think we had some – we didn't have any drop balls, I feel like. So, let's just continue to do what we were doing this week and just bring that over to Morris with us.
0: It seems like with each passing week you get more comfortable with this offense. The team rallies around you. How do you feel about being the team's leader out there on the field?
2: I mean, I feel comfortable. I feel like I have a bunch of guys around me that are willing to – let me lead lead them to, at the same time, I'm also learning from them, which I believe they feel like they have every, like, right feeling to come to me for anything and then I'll hear them out. Um, just being my third year, my second year playing, I feel a lot more comfortable than just, I could just tell how much more comfortable I was this year than I was last year compared to where I crowned being my first start.
0: And what is it like in the off season? How did you prepare? or did you prepare any differently between two years ago in the summer and this last summer?
2: Yeah, it was definitely a lot more. It's just So me being from California, like, I sacrificed that time with my family and I was out here only after, like, a month of being home this summer. So I was out here a lot working with the guys and just showing them that I'm committed to this program and to this season that we need to make up for what we left out last year.
0: Now, you guys have a bye week after Morris, and then you, you dig into that that heart of the Maya schedule there. A lot of tough early games, Carlton, McAllister, things like that. H- how do you feel this season moving forward for the Pipers?
2: I feel good. I feel like we are got to take care of business on the road this weekend. we got some challenges going up to Morris tonight game, but we're ready. It's not like something we haven't done before. We did it last year against Crown. I'm ready. I'm ready to get some Maya play as well. I feel like we have a lot left to prove. And we didn't show it last year, so it's how you're now. Do you
0: feel a different sense around the team than you have in the previous season?
2: Yeah, just the energy. Like, again, the energy is crazy right now. Even before the game, during training camp, you can see how the guys are just all gelling together super well. I believe really, this, this is, like, the part of the closest football team we've had since I've been here.
0: I, I think this is the largest team and roster size that Coach Taylor has had—any um, challenges on that, or do you see that as a real good thing for the club?
2: I feel it's a really good thing. I don't even—I can't even tell because we're all super close. There's nobody like really singled out. Everybody's always together. I have a bunch of guys always coming to my house. The young guys are always hungry. Every single one of them is starving to on the field, which just helps us even better with the scout team.
0: Remind us a little bit about what your major at Hamlin is?
2: Uh, Business management.
0: And and what would you like to do with that one day? Uh, Hopefully I can own my own business.
2: Um, Maybe here, maybe back home. We'll see how things go.
0: Well, let's end with the best part here, Alejandro. Tell us why it's great to be a Hamlin Piper.
2: It's great to be a Piper because the Piper's are one know. And we're going to keep it going this, this weekend at Morris.
0: That's fantastic. Alejandro Villanueva, thanks for joining me this week. I appreciate it. Thank you.